find it. Yeah, you look slimmer without a beard. I do, don't I? Yeah. Play hard, play tough. Good evening and welcome to the Joust. My name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my co-host Liam McNeil. Liam, how are you tonight? Nagy, I'm good. Yeah. I'm uh, slightly disappointed, but good. There was, uh, you know, a lot of good came out of the weekend. Obviously, the weekend being the uh, the loss to the Roosters, eighteen sixteen, there on Saturday night at uh, McDonald Jones Stadium. Uh, Wasn't she tight? Now, Liam, you were at the game. How was the atmosphere getting around there? Atmosphere was good. Look, we uh, decent crowd. It was an icy cold night. The rain had eased up, but eighteen thousand and. Something 70 odd, I believe, yeah. which is a great crowd. Good to see the Novocastrians turning out in force as usual. So it was a good evening. There was lots of oohs, there was lots of ahs, you know, people leaving a bit disappointed, but a lot of good support behind the boys, you know. There was never, a, there was not many dropped heads, no Knights fans leaving early. We, everyone stuck around right till the end. So well, it was, it came down to the wire in the end. Oh, it came right down to the wire. And considering this was a, a team that uh, flogged us down in Sydney uh, 10 weeks ago uh, at uh, the, the game that we did the, the Jazz Tour. Down to, um, down to Sydney. So we're the bad luck charm. We're the bad luck charm. Well, you shouldn't have gone. <laughs> you should uh, never <laughs> attend a game again. But we lost that game by 30 and this one by two. And uh, I don't think this game was ever, um, you know, more than six points away from us. So it was a, a very, very good game to watch. Now, my uh, maths isn't great, but Nagy, that's a 28 point, not a turnaround because we didn't win, yeah. but, you know, 28 point reduction in reduction. how bad we are. We reduced. We, we reduced. reduced. Funnily enough, reduced is our word of the week. This oh, week. word of the week, reduced. Thank you, thank you for everyone playing at home. Thank you. <coughs> and Liam, we're going to jump straight in for your hats off this week. Look, my hats off this week was uh, someone who we've had for hats on a few times this year. The last two weeks, he's really improved, shown what he can do, what he's capable of. That man, Mr. Sione Mataria. Former well captain. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Former no. captain, 22 years old. He's really starting to show... Um, what he can do as a power centre, mm. he's really... I think Brownie's finally worked out how to use Sione. We saw it last week with that hard-running try. We saw it this week again, another just hard-running, straight-line try. That beautiful line he ran to set up Ponga's try. Um, he had a, a try, a try assist. He made six tackle busts. I think it's the first time this year Ponga hasn't led the tackle bus for the team, which is very impressive to yeah. knock uh, our very own... The pong. pong off the top of the tackle bus list and uh, 27 tackles for only one miss, tackling at a 97% effectiveness rate. Now, as usual, our, all our stats this week brought to us by... Our very own Hebrew Hammer, Josh Spiegelman. Yes, yeah, no, thank you very much, Hammer. Um, no, like 27 tackles, you mentioned that from, from a centre, uh, is a huge effort to also be scoring tries and setting up other tries. So uh, he was heavily involved in the play, uh, saw a lot of traffic down his down his way. I think they identified both our centres as uh, you know him and Corey Dennis to be the ones to make that error in defence, but they really, uh, you know, Corey Dennis uh, missed some tackles. But, uh, you know, I thought both of them showed plenty of starch. We were gang tackling them. We were, we were bullying them, uh, and we made them having to really work for their tries. Um, you know, I don't think there was really a, a try off a set play. Or the no, there was a try. There was one try off a set play. Uh, Ferguson second off the scrum, but yeah. you've got the uh, the Latrell try, freakish ability from a freakish football player freakish backing man, up yeah. from Origin, and then Ferguson's uh, other try. Yeah, 
yeah. sucked. It was really annoying. Well, yeah, well, that actually, no, that was a bit of a step. Yeah, running straight through. And that other one down the blind. But it's it, there wasn't any sort of sweeping movements that found us short on the sides. And I think that's what we're getting used to being um, scored against. Uh, there was no that, you know, that building pressure, building pressure, and we crack. Because we didn't really crack uh, as in, in the middle section. Yeah, it, it was hard to... The tries were disappointing, but you could feel them coming. Mm. Um, and you knew a rooster side like that, they were going to find a way to, to break through uh, a side with so many small players in them. Uh, looking at our line, if you look at uh, the halves, Cogger and and uh, that other one, Watson. <laughs> the little man. The little man, but tiny. And then you get Danny Levi in there as well. And you look across our line, and it's just sort of peppered in with these little guys that you sort of got to look out for. And you look at their pack, and they're all huge. Their wingers are like Fords. The only little guy they got is uh, Kiri. That's uh, it, and that's about it. Kronk's, uh, tack, you know, Kronk never been a speed bump in, in defence. He's he's really solid. Speaking of the little men, Naggy, mm. a little birdie told me that you might have a hats off as well. I do have a hats off oh, this week. Oh, who you got? Well, I can't get past uh, Slade Griffin, the man with a fantastic name. Uh, it, Wasn't <laughs> he incredible? He he just grew. Uh, he grew. I don't know. He grew something. Uh, was it an extra? <laughs> was it a third leg? It, the, no, you already had that one. He was just defending like. Oh, like he was right in the middle. Like how many tackles did he he's got in there? He did. He made 42 tackles 42. for only one miss. One miss. And obviously, but there's that tri-saver. That tri-saver on Isaac Liu. Which, yes, Isaac yeah. Liu. I think we've got the footage for that one uh, right here, yeah, which we'll, we'll uh, be putting up. Yeah. But the way you see it, you know, there's a few offloads. And at, at any point, you know, the middle players could give up on that play. So it's gone to the, the sideline, offload, offload, blah, 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 my job's done. Mm. But no, Slade comes across and absolutely levels Liu, forces the error. And that kind of summed up for me how well our goal line defence worked throughout the night. Because way, any way you look at it, the goal line defence was excellent. We had Connor Watson stopping Luttrell Mitchell one-on-one. We had Jack Cogger stopping some other big bloke, like you yeah. said, one-on-one. And then for Slade to come in to make an effort like that, you could see the boys get around him. It was as if he'd scored a try himself. It was one. It was just as good as. Uh, there were several times where the Roosters got over our line, but there was just two and three bodies under there, like really desperately holding out. It was like a semi-finals game for the Knights. Uh, and, and you know, we, if anything, we were too patient. Excuse me. We were patient enough. Uh, sorry, the Roosters were just sort of playing, you know, game managing, as, as you mentioned to me earlier, uh, with Cooper Cronk just sort of playing it out. They, they wanted that game to end at about 60, 67 minutes because we were, um, in defense, we, were just, we made it really hard for them to work. Uh, you could tell, that, like, both teams were just buggered. Uh, we, but we, you know, in the back end, when we really needed to put the foot down, we probably just didn't have anything left in the tank. Which is a shame. But again, that, that comes from being a young side, you know, still relatively inexperienced, except for Chris Hyington. Good little stat here. He, yeah. uh, on the weekend, entered the top 10 of games most played in the uh, rugby league. How many Andrew Eddinghausen. 300 and something? Oh, it's about 1,000. It's up there. I couldn't it's, tell you to be sure. <laughs> he probably could make a 1,000 the way he's going. Also, uh, at his age and the amount of games he's played, I thought his impact off the bench was brilliant. He had, thir- I think, only 30 minutes, but pumped out 97 metres. Yeah. Really good work in attack. He was brilliant. He was really good. He's uh, he's really surprised me this year. For a bloke of his age, I thought he would just be there and maybe for, you know I thought he's going to play like an Anthony Tupo sort of a role to sort of come in, come out. You know, I forgot about Anthony Tupo. Yeah, four, stint only, at the Knights. Only yeah. four games with us uh, yeah. at the back end of his career. So I thought it was going to be something like that. But he's been you know he's probably been our strongest and most consistent bench player. He's probably pushing for a starting side. Chris Hing did You could probably you could probably start him and he looked just at home there. But you know it was one of those games that we you know was. It came right down. We got that late try with oh, how long to go? Six minutes or something oh, like that. Oh, mere mere seconds. Oh, three minutes maybe. We got a few goes of them, but I think you know a lot. All came down to I heard a lot of people saying through the week that it was like we should have had that last big play, but we we tried everything. We were trying lots of stuff through right through the middle of the game. Nothing was really coming out. We could probably um, you know 
backed ourselves a little bit more uh, instead of going for the chip to the wingers. But, you know, I thought they just played out of the skin. I found it really hard to give a hats back on this week. So did I. I really struggled with this. I, I have got one, Nagy. Yeah, I'm not proud of this. I've got one. Mm. But uh, Corey Dennis. Yeah. Now... Again, this is only his second first-grade game of the season. Yeah. His only first-grade games were a few years ago when he was thrown in to the Wolves, essentially, as a child. Mm. He was picked from straight from the crib, That's given the jersey by Brownie, and said, do your best, son. Get in there. And, uh, you know, since he's come back, he's he's been solid. But I thought defensively he showed a few weaknesses. Like, uh, sun, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, four missed tackles. He had one ineffective tackle um, for a 72% tackle effectiveness rate. Yeah. And he did miss the tackle for um, Ferguson to go over... Uh, off that scrum, which was... The, the move was telegraphed. They had the entire back line on that side. Blake Ferguson had come off his wing on the blind. The ball was only ever going to Blake Ferguson. It was never going anywhere else. Yeah. And yet, you know, Dennis copped the palm, still fell off the tackle. Besides that, I thought he was pretty strong. And he's showing some form that he could be a yeah, very good solid centre. Yeah. Nothing spectacular, but solid. But, um, yeah, I just thought maybe... The occasion might have got to him. Or maybe it was because the rest of the team was defending so well that he didn't defend particularly badly, and well, yeah. yet the mistakes he did make in defence showed up a bit more. They, oh, they were a bit more visible. If we won that game, we look back at Corey Dennis, we say, oh, he's great. You know, keep him in the side. If only when you're looking for, for, for problems do you find him. Uh, but you Exactly, know, which is why I'm not proud of that. Hat no, no. I don't well, like I, it. I couldn't really give it to anyone, no. to be honest. I, I thought everyone had moments. I thought SKD and Kenny both uh, had moments where they shut down plays, which, which could have led to tries, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, SKD got the... Uh, the, the intercept, it was like a, a slow intercept, but it was like an intercept and he didn't run away with it, but he just secured it. We made the right decisions at the right times. I thought Cogger, right through the game, uh, his short kicking game was very good. Some grubbers um, were just very well-timed, repeat sets. We built some pressure. Um, interesting going for the two. Did you think that was interesting going for the two when we were eight points behind? I did. I thought it was... I, I was a bit surprised. Yeah, because, yeah, again, we'd, we'd finally got down into their their end. We played so much football out of our own end that we finally get down into their own end, uh, down into their end. I thought maybe put the pedal, put yeah. the pedal down, have a bit of an attack. But, again, working out of our own end so much, the boys would have been buggered. So I can understand going for the two. Um, I just think at that point they were just blowing. <clears throat> Wouldn't yeah. have had enough in attack to crack the Roosters' line. Yeah. Because the Roosters' goal on defense has been over the last few years, been arguably the best in the competition. And so you've really got to be at your best attacking that line. And so after working so hard, coming out of our own end, you get down there, you've got points on offer, take them. Take them, absolutely. One thing I, I did, like, even though it was, uh, I think it was a Ponga call to take the two, it probably came from the box, but uh, Ponga kick, kick, kicking well as well. Uh, That's it. We noticed uh, the last two weeks he's changed his kicking style and we know Pong came from a golfing background, and you yeah. know in golf it's all about your swing. You've got to get it exactly right, and if you're not doing it right, forget it. Scrap it, start again. He's got an entirely new kicking style, a new, yeah. I guess, preparation. Yeah, the new walk-in. The yeah. new walk-in, yeah. and it seems to be paying massive dividends. He kicked five from six previously yeah. against the Parramatta. Parramatta Eels, and then I don't think he missed one. I don't think he missed one either. I think, yeah, I think it was two tries and mm. a penalty goal. But that just shows... You know, what a mature player he is. You know, that's... Two penalty goals. He's a young player, <laughs> but they've, you know, spotted a weakness in his game. And I, he said, you know what? I'm going away. I'm going to change it entirely, work on it, and fix it. And so that just shows what he could do. And just to bring up a uh, second point about p the Pong, uh, is the the Pong ankle breaker that he put on uh, our very own New South Wales Blues, uh, James Tedesco. How Pong strong was that? 
we've got some Ladies footage of it that we'll, we'll pop up here. If you just watch it, yeah, obviously Teddy dribbles it in uh, and think you know goes to re- regather. Ponga picks it up and just just what you called it. He does a bit of a scissor step. And you know the, what he did? It reminded me of a, a step that I have burned into my memory. It was Quade Cooper against the All Blacks, I believe, two thousand and ten. What he does is he takes a step. Goes to take the second step, but the foot doesn't touch the, the ground, ground, so it doesn't propel him forward. He's not in motion, and then he can switch immediately. It's quite something. Yeah. I've only ever seen Quade Cooper pull it off at his peak, yeah. and for Ponga to be able to do that against the reigning New South Wales fullback, yeah. oh, it was incredible. And a sign of things to come. I, yeah, It's quite obvious that for the next decade, those two are going to be the state of origin fullback. So oh. it was an exciting thing to see and a, a real sign of things to come. Now, we've got a little bit more Knights news and State of Origin news uh, coming up. But we're going to take a half-time break and uh, check out this. Uh, what fr- went right? Huh? What went right? Oh, we'll, we'll discuss this on the second half, Liam. But, uh, <laughs> there's a, f- a little bit that went right. But uh, check out what happened on uh, State of Origin, uh, big origin takeover of Central Bar. Uh, things got a bit wild. So we've got some footage of it here. We'll be right back. Still recovering. <laughs> All right, Jousters, we've just confirmed the first game of the series win. I'm here with Jouster alumni Nick Milligan. And Nick Bilby as well. Keen Jouster. Boys, I have to ask you, how about that game? Strong, strong win. We, we, we out-enthused them, which I hoped we would do. The, the, the youth on the park shine through. Yep. Did you have any much? <laughs> Nick, it was so much happening in that game. It was so close for so long. Obviously, coming away with a 10-point victory. A couple of tries disallowed. But, you know, it felt like we could have won by much more. How do you feel like we're going into game two? Well, once James Maloney worked out that he was supposed to pass it to the blokes in the blue shirts, everything fell into place. I think it's really up to us to come out with the same enthusiasm next game. We really ripped in. We were really all over them for the game. And one of those tries was an intercept try. It was a gift. But the mentality in the second game will be very interesting to see. I can't wait to see it. We're going to be right back here for game two for for the old boys, uh, old boy, old boys supported Mark Hughes Foundation round. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jess. We're here with Harry and Harry after a miraculous game one oh win. How how are your thoughts on the game, boys? I just ecstatic. I just cannot believe what just happened. It is. I am <laughs> baffled, and it's what it should. This is what should have happened eight years ago. We got we got Harry beside himself. That's Harry number one. Harry number two. I was nervous when uh, when the Maroons started coming back. They showed a bit of ferocity, um, but I'm glad we managed to hold them off and get a couple at the end. That was good. How do you think we're going to go game two, boys? Exactly the same thing. Exactly. I hopefully a bit like you know. I don't want to cause drama, but it'd be nice if you know we lost and then having a a nice you know good game three. Because, you know, I bought tickets to that game. <laughs> uh, and Harry 2, how do you think we're going to game 2? Uh, I agree with Harry 1, with, but I'd, I'd like to rub him into the dirt game 3, but game 2 is going to be, it's going to be much of a much. So we're going to put him away. It's just going to be too easy once again. I mean, Greg Inglis, there's nothing to him. He's soft. He's soft, honestly. We've got the two Harrys here ready for a game 2 loss, hopefully for a three-match series. Something else? Jimmy Connors, uh, Keen Giasi here. I've got to ask you, after such a miraculous win, what are your thoughts on the game? Mate, Origin's dead. One game in, they can't, they can't, they can't beat us. It's dead. It's over. Lock it up, pack it up, we're going home. One game series from here. Well, what do you think for uh, game two? 
I'm hoping Queensland wins it because I won't be here to watch it. So I really want a nice game three. So Queensland can win by like one point. Hopefully English breaks a breaks a femur or something. That'd be great. Some hopeful wins, some hopeful losses, and some hopeful breaks. That's something else we got here. Thanks for having us, boys. Lenny, what a stirring win from the New South Wales Blues, mate. It was like you, you've never seen a win quite like it before, have you? I'm all antsy in my pantsies. I mean, that was great, wasn't it? Oh. Are we all antsy in our pantsies, ladies and gentlemen? But it's a win that, you know, we can't get too ahead of ourselves. There's two games the remaining. The was well worth it, wasn't it? How good's the optimism feel, Lenny? <laughs> How about the optimism? That's great, isn't it? It's, got, it's good stuff. So we've got two games ahead of us in this year's series, but let's just talk about the optimism. I mean, two games, it's nothing in the wake of what we've done already. Yeah, two games ain't nothing. It's a piece of piss. Fuck you, Queensland. Eat a dick. Return mail to Lima. Fucking 29 Roy Avenue, Bolton Point. You ain't shit. From the microphone. Little tiny one. Okay. Welcome right back to the second half of the Joust. Wasn't that a fun night at Origin? Uh, can you remember much of it, Liam? You I was like... about to say, I don't recall if it was a fun evening or not, but apparently, from all accounts, it was. It, it was, was a great evening. Obviously, we got I'm the told. wind. Uh, but before we jump straight into Origin, Liam, uh, we copped an injury to the co-captain, Jamie Burrard. We did. That's it. The injury train continues, and mm. it's all stations to bloody Marathon Stadium. James Burray, our fearless co-captain, out for the season with an ACL. Yeah. Um, also, the previous week, Daniel Safidi's done some foot ligament damage he's looking like being out for six weeks mm. and you look at the injury list and it's uh, quite horrifying we were talking on the way here Liam about how many uh, games worth of experience that uh, is missing from this side that's a lot uh, and it's we, we counted a rough, rough count about 600 first grade games thereabouts you've got your, your Pierce your Bura there's 250 and 150 I yep. think Moga's got about 100, 100. the Safidis each would have about 50, 50. Ross Rock. got 50 as well yeah, it's, it's a lot of a uh, lot of rugby league experience sitting on the side it, it was an interesting stat. The most uh, cap person out, no, so the most cap knight out there at the moment. Was, uh, last uh, last game was uh, Sienna Matautia, uh with eighty something. Uh, oh, all, wow. all the other uh, pl- games for the Knights players were just was much lower, uh, and it makes sense when you look at it because they're either new or they're uh, like freshly from uh, other teams or freshly from the womb. It's uh, very much a new side, <laughs> yeah, missing it, some key elements. But uh, obviously the experience really stood up. Uh, but how do you see the side reshuffling, do you think, with uh, the Bureau no longer there? Do you think Danny Levi, that, that cements his spot in the side? I think that definitely cements Levi's spot. I think that cements Yates' spot on the bench. So I think they'll kind of be the two changes. I think Lilliman will get much more time now as well. Mm. Um, but that's, yeah, it's a strange. Lilliman came on late again. He did. It was an odd... I don't know how they're doing the rotation. Maybe the Jamie Bureau one forced Hyington on earlier, and that would have been the... I don't know. That's for the smart men, Nagy. That's for the numbers guys. (laughs) Numbersmen. We're not really numbersmen or wordsmen. No, I'll tell you one number I do know, though, Nagy. Three and a half frowning brownies to Newcastle's injury curse. Yeah, I know. Three and a half. Look, and that's quite high for the... Oh, it's it's not low. No, on on the brownie. It's uh, a lot of frowns. Yeah, on the scale there. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's up there. But speaking about being up there, Liam... One up in the series for our very own New South Wales Blues. Uh, obviously, we're there. <laughs> Sorry, you, you look like you're. What a chewing- stirring oh, performance. No. <laughs> Wasn't it incredible? Nagy, I've got so much to say about this game because it was just glorious to watch. Well, now, it sounds like it's breaking, so we better bring it for the news. The news.
Yes, Liam, it was a remarkable game. I wish I could remember the back end of it uh, because, like you, I was celebrating quite hard. Uh, thank you to everyone that came along to that fantastic night we had down at Central Bar. But, Liam, hit us with what you feel. Now, what I saw from this side is something I haven't seen from a blue side in a long, long time. A well-coached side. Mm. Now, what I saw was you had 17 players who knew their role, they knew what they had to do, and were told not to adjust. One thing I heard Phil Gould say a number of times throughout the commentary was that Queensland are hitting, oh, they're hitting very, very hard. They, you know, they're smacking New South Wales around. New South Wales need to do that. And in the past, I think New South Wales would have done that. They would have tried to adjust to Queensland's game plan. But what this side did was take two, 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 took two. a step back. Yeah. Said, no, we're going to play our game. Freddie's told me what to do. Freddie's told us what to do. We're doing that instead. Mm. And it worked a treat. I think the biggest one for me was watching RCG and David Clemmer, two you know, enormous, fiery, angry men. David, uh, RCG came out and said he was going to kill someone. Yep. I expected them to go absolutely bananas on the Queensland forward pack. And that just gets sucked into that classic Queensland grind. Yeah. But instead, what they did was Queensland would send numbers out of the line. They'd put on a bit of footwork, get around, make extra yards. So they weren't doing the real aggressive you know, straight up into the chest of Queensland that I thought. What they were doing was actually quite a bit smarter. They were wearing the Queensland forwards out, channeling that aggression and then using it wisely Mm. and then going nuts when RCG ragdolled whoever it was to to find the error. What I saw, it was just... It was, it was, just a well-coached side. Yeah. Seems like Freddie's got some real belief in that team. Every player knew their role. Every player knew exactly what they had to do. And the the other case for me was Nathan Cleary. Came out of the game, a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, Cleary didn't do too much. Cleary maybe should have done more. No, he did exactly what he had to do. Brad Fittler came out early in the week and said, look, all Nathan's got to do is make his tackles, have a couple of runs, get his kicks right. That's it. That's I'm not throwing yeah. him in. I'm not saying go out and win us the game. I'm saying just... Do what you got to do, the basics to get you into the game, and he did it, and he did it very well. I, I just, I just love what Freddie's doing. Absolutely adore it. Was there a standout for you for the game, Lee? Maybe a you know, too many. You know, I know. Well, I, could, could you go past Teddy? Uh, I couldn't go past him. However, a close second, an, a, a whisker close second was yeah. Damian Cook. He a, was an absolute revelation. Dane Cook, I called him on the night uh, behind a microphone. Uh, the comedian <laughs> Dane Cook. The story um, man. The story man. Yeah. You see, what happened was that was at half time when we got up uh, again to talk about you know the game, and I sort of forgot that we were getting back up at half time, uh-huh. and then uh, so I was I got, once we did our first bit, I got quite pissed, uh, <laughs> and then I uh, forgot everything. I forgot everything where I was while I was there, but then I sort of came to, and then you got quite pissed towards the end of the game. Yes. So we sort of traded the. Uh, we the, even out. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why we're together. But da- uh, <laughs> I almost said Damien Cook. Yeah. No, I did say Damien Cook. Damien but da- Cook anyway, Damien correct. Cook was incredible. He yeah. um, His running game's been one of his real strengths, but what he showed against Queensland was he knows when to pick it. He's lightning quick. He can tear it up through the ruck, but other hookers tend to overplay their hand. They'll take too many runs. They won't find the gaps. I don't think he had a single scoot where he didn't find the gap. His well, service was crisp. His defense was excellent. 53 tackles. And for a hooker... Uh, What's his name? Buzz, Buzz. Rothfield Buzz said this on 360. Can, it was a, can you do Buzz? Yeah, you know, he ran for 51 meters, which uh, in origin for a hooker, that's quite something. And Buzz was right. You know, or in, in origin, hookers tend not to run well, quite no, so much. No, he ran, he ran like 81 meters. But 81 even yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he ran for a lot of meters. But to see him play like that is the classic case of a player not only playing themselves into form, but continuing that form through origin. I thought Tommy Turbo was excellent as well. He got absolutely belted a number of times, but he just got up, kept doing the work, busted his ass and was rewarded with a try. 
after watching so many games with the with the players like the Aaron Woods and the Blake Fergusons and the uh, and that other fellow that plays for Joshua Prem- Dugan, Joshua Joshua Dugan, yeah, uh, all these players that were just sort of staples in that side for quite some time, and you think. You know, starting to watch that game and it kicks off, he's sort of looking and going, I don't really know this side. I don't know what to expect. But gee, they made us forget about that previous side pretty quickly. You're sort of, you're watching, you're like, I love what they're doing because it's exciting football. I th- game ones can often be such a grind. You often saw those like 8-8, eight, eight, oh, coming the last, looking for a field goal. And the field goal is the most exciting part of the game. But there was lots of excitement from that game. It felt like uh, something else. It felt like uh, possibly a game two. It um, was incredible. And not only that, I think... It- what we can really take solace out of is that Queensland scored a try off an intercept yeah. and a kick. Yeah. They didn't break the defensive line. They got a few little half breaks, a few little, you know, poke the nose through. GI got through a few times, but every time they were on him. I think greatest example was uh, Greg Inglis taking it down the left-hand side, yep. Bahams off Roberts. Roberts was there straight away underneath him to make the tackle. I thought the centres really stood up. James Roberts, Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, no, I thought they both had really strong games, um, considering that was, you know, where they thought there was going to be defensive uh, defensive problems, especially lining up against Inglis. But yeah, Roberts, Roberts did a good job. Um, he missed a few, but he made up for it every time. Every tackle he missed, he was there for the second effort, finishing it off. Now, I thought he was great. Now, looking forward to game two, Liam. Mm, uh, New which, South Wales by 100. <laughs> which will be down in uh, Sydney, uh, but we'll be watching it at the... Central Bar once again for the Mark Hughes Foundation uh, Origin uh, Special. Nights old boys, once a night. Once a night, yeah. We've got uh, Mark Hughes and Adam Muir and... uh, Brett Mullins. And Brett Mullins and Ben Cross will all be there, uh, guest speaking. And we'll be hosting as well. Uh, So please uh, jump onto the Central Bar's Facebook page for uh, ticket information for that one. It should be an absolute cracker. Where are you going after that, Nagy? I will be under the Commonwealth Hotel. Under the Commonwealth Hotel, I, as will I. It's the only place to be after Origin. Um, I didn't quite make it there the first game because um, <laughs> I wouldn't have been allowed in because they're very. It's such a responsible, lovely venue. But it I will is. be going there tonight for for some dinner. Yes. So, but Liam, it was. Uh, how do you see? Like, obviously, it's it really puts everything on this uh, game two in Sydney, because if we lose that, I don't care if you put. 13 random blokes from a bus stop in Maroon that are from Queensland in game three. We cannot beat them at a game of football. It just, you can't do it. You can have athletes against bums. It won't work. You can't have game three in Brisbane and then expect to win the series. So everything is on this for me. Am I incorrect, would you say? You do raise a very good point. Previously, I would have agreed, but there's something about this New South Wales side that makes me think differently. I I would much rather have it wrapped up in two. I think with 80,000 Blues fans behind us down there, even with Billy Slater coming back, I think it'll be closer. But I still think the Blues, have, they've, they've just got it. There's something about this team. They've just, they've got it. It's going to be tight. Mm. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be brutal. It's violent. It's going to be everything things. we love. But I, I still think New South Wales in front of 80,000. Few people are saying unbeatable. And I said, shut up. You we, never say that in Origin. Well, the second you say that in Origin is the second we lost. Can we I, lose the series. Can I remind you from like this time last year? Oh. We had this conversation. Where we put 29 points on them game one. And we're talking about this is going to be the side. And we have so much depth. And what, you know, and then they, they've had to change their side. And watch, you know, we're rubbing our hands together. And then they, they you know, proverbially pulled their pants down uh, in Sydney. And gave us a slap in the bottom. And then we went up to Brisbane thinking that we were half a chance and they absolutely turned the table. Now, Nagy, I'm glad you brought that up because therein lies the difference this year. The team that Queensland picked in the first game of last year had a lot of improvement with the changes that were made for game two. This team this year doesn't have a much higher ceiling. I feel like Queensland played very well. The return of Billy Slater will improve the team a bit, but I don't think they've got as much improvement in them as they did last year, whereas the Blues, 
have a lot more improvement. They've got many, much, much more young players who arguably didn't hit their ceiling, mm. and there's huge improvement in the Blues. I just don't know if Queensland have enough improvement to be much, much better. <coughs> you know? I, I understand what you mean, and I yeah. hope you're right. I really do, because uh, I really don't want to see this go to Game 3 in Brisbane again. Even though last year we had Game 3 in Brisbane, and this year we've got Game 3 in Brisbane. It shouldn't happen two years in a row, but it's happening again. How did that happen? Oh, well, it's just, we'll have to give Greenberg a call. It's Melbourne. They're Todd, bloody, we'll give you a call, mate. Bloody Melbourne. Um, yeah, yeah. They had a game in Darwin in the NRL this, this week. Yeah, there's going to be one next year as well. Uh, Parramatta. Building mind. a brand new stadium. I don't mind that. Take a, take, other, take other games down in Melbourne. Actually, they do, because we have a team in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big week. I can still it feel the echoes bad. of it. Now, Liam, I think it's time to open that sack of yours. Ah, the sack's open, ladies and gentlemen. Now, it's a well-filled sack again this week. Thank you very kindly for your questions, Justice. Now, Ryan Sipple puts us a doozy. Is Connor Watson's best position six? It seems like he's a bit of a dead weight when it comes to kicking. It seems like he doesn't want to try his kicking, and it seems like Jack Cogger got a lot of that short kicking game, and even some of the long pong sort of, sort of some of the long kicking as well. Obviously, if you're going to move him somewhere, uh, I think he's too small for the centres. I don't think I think he'd be a waste on the wing, and wingers these days are much taller as well. Uh, hooker or fullbacks probably his other two, um, but we're you know we're rich with hookers with Slade and Danny fighting it out um, for for a starting spot there. I think the only option you'd see him out of that five eight role is if uh, you'd move Brockland back in with Cogger if without Pierce, obviously, and then you'd you'd move Connor Watson to fullback possibly if Pong was playing for Origin or was injured. That was be, that'd be the only place I'd move him to. I understand he runs it a lot, uh, but I think if you get it with a bit more of a game organizer like Pierce, you see the fruits of his labor. Well, that's it. He's shown with Cogger the last few weeks that his running game is phenomenal. It's really very very good. That try scored against Parramatta. He was always asking questions against the Roosters, busting tackles. With a great halfback, he'd be the perfect six. So mm. I think Pierce Watson is a great combination. Cogger Watson is a very good one for now. For now. Liam and Watson will be a very good one for now. I think keep him at six. He doesn't have that kicking game, but the ideal Newcastle lineup has him paired with a halfback who does have that kicking game. Yeah. So that doesn't affect him quite so much. So I think once we've got our ideal lineup back, he'll be phenomenal. I think he stays at six. Because, he again, once we've got that ideal lineup back, he needs to be comfortable at six. Yeah. And so all these games he's getting now, keep him. We've had so much shift in and out of the halves uh, with Conga, uh, Pierce, um, and Lamb just sort of swapping around. And even when we lost Watson as well. So Watson's been our only stayer since he's been back from, uh, what was it? Shoulder. Shoulder, Shoulder dislocation. Yeah, so from about right around the last five or six weeks, he's been our only stayer. Keep him there because that's the only way that... Uh, your backline benefits. Um, not so much everyone on the inside, but you know, to get good, solid backline movements, you need to understand your 5-8. And that's it. I mean, a lot of people seem to be calling for uh, more chopping and changing. That's not what Newcastle needs right now. No. While we've got all these injuries, you need to form a core. You need to keep the core. You need to develop some consistency. No chopping and changing. Let's not do that for a bit. Let's just not. And if you look at the, the Haas pairing of Kiri, who almost made origin this year with the, the kind of form that he started the season with, and Cooper Cronk, arguably the next immortal. Um, I'm not sure if they've been calling for him. But no. I, I probably no one has been. Oh, okay. All right. I might, <laughs> I might have been stretching out. But, you know, he's up there with... Uh, he's up he's there pretty with, good. He's top tier. Yeah. He, he's top tier halfbacks of the last 20 years. Hall of Fame, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Hall immortal of, now. Okay. Hall, Hall of Fame. I've got to stop Still very good. Yeah. Well, excellent. Anyway, so we had those two paired against Jack Cogger, who idolized Cooper Cronk growing up uh, and has only had a handful of first grade games. And Connor Watson, uh, who, you know, 
who is by not a, a game organizer, more of a ball runner. And it was 16-18. You know, we, we matched it with him for, for 80 minutes. And I think we should be really proud of that. Absolutely. As we are. Now, next question comes from Daniel Turner. Thank you, Daniel. Daniel asks, should Yates come in for Jamie Bureau and another two-parter? Should we re-sign JB at the end of the year? Great question. Um, thank you very much, Daniel. There's look. I was thinking about this when he got injured because obviously he's off contract, and it's and he would have had the rest of this season. He would think oh, I've got half a season to prove I've got another two years left in me, or because uh, he's thirty this year, he might be thirty now. Um, so look, he's a thirty-year-old bloke that was playing off the bench, not in the best form. Uh, he's just blown out his knee. He's done it a couple of times before and bounced back, but. You know, you call, in in it's like it's like that little red light goes off in your wristband from, from that uh, Logan's Run movie uh, when you're thirty. I've not seen it. Okay, uh, you just, was it a watch? Oh, I think they just kill all the old people, something like that. Oh. It was uh, Basil Exposition from uh, Austin Powers. Huh. It? I think it was 1976. Anyway, uh, <laughs> where did that go? Sorry, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> it's like, Have you seen it, Dan? You should watch it if you haven't. Unless you're a freak like uh, that, that can really change the way they play, like. Uh, like a very own uh, Chris Hing, ding, 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 or like Cameron Smith, who just seems to be immortal. Um, he will be an immortal. He will be an immortal, but mm. he seems to be also just regenerative the way he doesn't like, get injured or seem like he's of that age. But um, unless you can really change the way you play, I, I just don't see uh, like value in signing him again. And that hurts me to say, because I think he adds a lot. Then again, he might add a lot off the field and they think we really want this guy around the side and they, they, they give him another year. Uh, we definitely got a lot of room in the salary cap. But, you know, if we're thinking, what does he bring? What does he offer? Well, that's my concern as well. Now, we... Jamie's been with us through some really tough times. He's been, you know, a rock of the club through... What was it? Just one spoon? He was he only was, here for one? He was our first signing when we were trying on the rebuild. He was our first... Like, oh, Bureau. Oh. Like, you know, we had, like, players uh, like Elliot... Um, Elliot? What's his... Brendan. Little, Brendan Elliot. Uh, and uh, and the very own Barney. Barney's back. and But they were sort of off the radar. But because Bureau had played Origin or was selected for that Origin side, they didn't get any minutes. One of the two. I think he got seven minutes. Seven minutes. Look, he played Origin. He's of that caliber at that point. Uh, and we're like, oh, Bureau's coming. Okay, um, it was notable, and he didn't have to do that. So that was, that, you know, we we got if we want to repay him for that sort of. Um, but then again, we were repaying old players for signing with us. That feels like the Knights of two thousand and four. That's it. It feels like a decision that we've made in the past and has backfired on us horribly. So, you know what? I I hate to say this, but maybe, maybe might not. not be room for Jamie. But I think in the short term, yes, Daniel. I think Yates comes in for Bureau. Absolutely, he has shown what he can do especially in defense. I think he can really lift a team off the bench. So, yeah, I think Yates in and Bura, I don't know. Yeah. End of the year. It's a toughie. Maybe Sam Stone if he gets uh, back on off, off injury. Shoulder, I think he's got another shoulder. Shoulder, problem. yeah. He's out for a few more weeks still, though. Uh, we might see a bit more of him. But perhaps. Now, Justin Guion, another two-parter. These are good questions. Yeah, good, like in-depth questions. Now, Justin asks... What do you make of Corey Dennis's form in his first two games? And how was Origin Night at Central? Oh, well, Origin Night at Central was fantastic. Uh, Ludicrous, you, we're led to believe. You'll see how much we enjoyed it from the, the footage that we show. Uh, it was a really fantastic night. However, um, the first part of the question, I've forgotten. <laughs> so, Corey, Dennis, Corey Dennis, what do we make of his form over his two games this year? Look, he's played really well. He's been put in the centre position. Uh, you know, He's obviously played a lot of Sam with ISP, but, uh, but it's... It's it obviously first grade is you know welcome to first grade. It's a different it's a different ball game entirely, um, with the same rules and the and the, and the same, same ball, the same ball, same, it's the same game. It's the same game. It's a different game but same game. <laughs> but there's he's playing be better than 
you know, I'd expect him to play, but uh, is he the best player on the field? No. That's, yeah, that's... Lame. I think I can sum it up very succinctly, Naggy. Thank you. That Second word of the week, succinctly. It's two succinctly. Two part of this week. Two part of. Thank you for all um, Solid, but unspectacular, mm. which I think for a player of his age and his experience level... That's to be expected. You don't expect him to be coming in on, you know, his second NRL game in a number of years um, and be completely tearing the place apart, yeah. being the best ever. You, what you expect is for him to come in, do his work, prove that he does deserve a spot in that side. I think so far he's done that. He's like done we that highlighted part. that in the game against the Roosters, he made a few errors. But again, it was hard to give him the hats back on because he... Did play pretty well. Played pretty well. He played pretty well on the losing side. Yeah. You know? uh, and again, we win that game. Everyone played well. You know what I mean? He's just probably the most cracks. Mm. Uh, and you're going to see it because he's a young guy. He's uh, and But I think give him a few more games. Uh, and Ross's injury apparently has no improvement. He's groin and groins can be funny ones. Well, funny groin, mm. if you know what I mean. But um, we'll have to so give Rossi a call. We'll have a look at it. We'll, have, yeah. <laughs> right, we'll just check it out, mate. I'm just, I'm just getting the vaso. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're breathing quite heavily, Liam. Are you okay. I think about Rossi's groin. Okay. <laughs> well, we better wrap <laughs> it up there. Thank you very much, Justice. If you like listening to the Joust, please find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all the pipes, all the social pipes. Uh, please, if you like any more information about what's going on at Origin at Central Bar for Game Two, please contact us. And also, just keep an eye out for us. Maybe somewhere you wouldn't expect. Coming. Like the Commonwealth Hotel. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. Although well. you would expect You that. would expect it's to a see wonderful us there. venue. But if you're online poking around, you might see a couple of familiar faces. Just just, uh, word, just keep an eye. Word of the word. Thank you very much for joining me again, Liam. Uh, we'll Always see- a pleasure, Nagy. See you again next week. Okay.